It's Thursday, January 22nd. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Mark Reith, and joining me in studio today from Million Dollar Portfolio, Jason Moser, and making his Market Foolery debut from Stock Advisor, Brandon Matthews. And is this another debut? This is another debut. I didn't tell you before. Yesterday it was Sarah, today it's Brandon. I feel like, uh, you know, I'm really, I'm really honored to be a part of You're this. You're the wily veteran. You know, I need you in here. Like Brendan and I, you know, we do a lot of other like two-minute drills and mm-hmm. podcasts and stuff like that. So this is, I can't believe this is actually your first time. I said this is Sarah yesterday, but geez, we need to get you in here more often. Really scraping the bottom of the barrel. Right? Well, <laughs> you know, I prefer to I prefer to, to see it as we're, we've not really been tapping our, our right. vast resources. Right. And so finally, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it took, you know, getting... Chris, Chris, we hope you feel better. Yeah, Obviously, he's not feeling we? too well right now. Right. But Reith is thinking outside the box here. Maybe this is maybe this is working out. Just looking for some diamonds in the rough. Is that so wrong? Okay, plenty to get to today, including some big moves from Kinder Morgan, as well as earnings from eBay and Starbucks. But we begin with a look at Google. Yes, Google, the search engine giant, which offers computerized glasses, driverless cars, and now wireless phone service. Jason, what's the deal? Perhaps, uh, yeah. I mean, everybody everybody knows Google. Obviously, it's it's you know the search the search engine of of, of choice foremost. And and I think that you know for for Google, this is just a another small little bet on their mm-hmm. part, and it's pretty much in line with with how they operate. Uh, you know what what this is technically speaking, it's a mobile virtual network operator agreement. Um, it's not new to the industry. It's basically a reseller agreement where wireless providers can sort of take you know extra sort of bandwidth that they have and and uh, you know license it or, or or offer it out to to other parties. And so mm-hmm. Google is going to you know try their hand at this. And I think really. Uh, you know they they make all sorts of of little bets right, right? right. i mean uh it, it, at its core google is is an advertising business i mean that's how they make their money but but really they're trying to figure out ways to get the internet into as many hands as possible mm-hmm. um, because that's how they make their money more internet means more people seeing ads uh which which means more money in in google's uh wallet and so so that's you know kind of what this is i i, I don't know that it's anything that will Make a big difference one way or the other. Mm. I mean, you know, I I think the the bigger news people have probably been focusing on lately is is sort of the rise and fall of Google Glass, right. and and I think that you know we can sort of talk about Google Glass as maybe a quote unquote failure today, um, but but I think that's probably a little bit short sighted. I'm I'm not one who's used Google Glass ever. I mean, I don't really see the utility of it, mm. and I think there's a pretty funny Onion article out there. Um, that that has been going around, going around with some some bad language in it, so I won't quote it. But but it's a funny onion article on Google Glass, and it's just one of those things that I think maybe maybe you don't see the utility of it today, uh-huh. but but maybe the utility shows up five ten years down the road, and and um and, and maybe that's something that happens here again. It's just a small little bet with with uh, with Google today that's you know aimed at just getting getting the internet into as many hands as possible and tackling that mobile frontier that is is growing so so fast and and while android is a very dominant operating system globally speaking uh, it's not quite as dominant uh, domestically speaking hmm. so maybe this helps uh, you know gain a little bit of share in that regard as well Fair enough, Brendan. So the way I interpret this move by uh, Google is really a strategic move. Mm. So I don't think it's going to have any financial impact on their business. But what they're ultimately trying to do, and they do, is they're trying to push more data, make it more available, signal to the wireless carriers that they need to do a better job for the customers. Sort of the same thing that they did 
to the cable companies with Google Fiber. Right. So they're they're just trying to sort of push the industry forward. Um, and I think one of the things that they're looking at going forward is I think there's some rumors that the FCC is going to put out some um, cheaper, low-quality spectrum in the future. Hmm. So I think they may be sort of training themselves to run a wireless company so that if spectrum comes up in the future, they could actually have their own network. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. And that's, I mean, yeah. Google is really good at just disrupting things. Right. I mean, they take they old think long-term and yeah. they... they are very strategic. They take they take old school methods and and you know turn them on their heads mm-hmm. and and you know offer. I mean the consumers are the ones that win here, really. I Absolutely. mean, you know yeah. if you if you can if you can reconcile the fact that you know when you use Google, basically you're the product. I mean they're they're just figuring out ways to, to sling new ads ads at you. And I mean that's that's fine if you if you if you're okay with that. Then man, they they have they're going to offer a lot of value mm-hmm. uh, because you know whether it's Google Docs or whatever. I mean, you know, Android. They're they're going to figure out ways to bring costs down for consumers and and uh, and and change the way of thinking. Absolutely. Okay, let's move on. Uh, we got a lot to talk about with Kinder Morgan, uh, Brendan. So much going on here. We have got earnings. We've got acquisitions. We've got moves with the CEO. Walk me through everything that's going. on. Let's start with the earnings. How did the quarter look to you? It was good. So they increased the dividend ten percent. Um, they confirmed that they're going to do two dollars a share in dividends next, uh, for twenty fifteen. That's mm-hmm. about a four and a half percent yield. That's good. Um, there was a little bit of weakness in their CO two business related to oil prices, but overall it was a it was a good quarter. That's carbon dioxide. Oh, yeah. the science CO2, CO2 right. used in the recovery of oil. Uh, it's, it's only a small uh, part of their business. But actually, the bigger news wasn't earnings itself. It was a leadership transition announcement. Tell me more. So, Rich Kinder, uh, one of the legends of the uh, energy industry, a guy who turned... Uh, f- he bought uh, f- like $40 million worth of uh, pipeline assets from Enron hmm. uh, with his college roommate <laughs> and has basically turned it into... A uh, billion, hundred billion dollar uh, energy enterprise, like the third biggest energy company in the U.S. Brilliant CEO, good steward of shareholder value. But basically, what he said is, he is going to step down as the CEO in June of 2015. His longtime uh, chief operating officer, Steve Keen, will become the CEO. Kinder will stay on as the chairman. Uh, he'll be involved in the business. He's going to keep his shares, but he will no longer be CEO. And how do you feel about that? Like you said, he's the legend. What's this new guy going to bring to the table? Yeah, initially I was I was really concerned hmm. um, because Kinder is is one of the big reasons to invest in this company. Huh. But as I thought about it and I looked at uh, Keen's track record, I think that if if Kinder's going to stay on, if he's going to continue owning shares, um, and I think the culture and the strategy that he's built can can last. Uh, even with him not as the CEO. So I, I'm actually, I'm still bullish on the company. Okay. And they just spent $3 billion to buy a private pipeline company. Are we going to see more of this from Kinder and, I guess, other uh, pipeline companies as oil? The price, you know, it's still fluctuating, but it's still pretty far down there. These smaller players, these private players, are they going to start getting gobbled up by, people, by uh, companies like Kinder Morgan? Do you think we're going to see more Kinder Morgan purchases in the future? I think so. I think that they're going to take advantage of any industry downturns to mm-hmm. pick up assets on the cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, the business that they bought is uh, it's basically gathering transportation assets for the Bakken. Mm-hmm. Um, falling oil prices have made people slightly pessimistic about uh, the Bakken, so they got a good price on it. Plus, the guy who owned this business, um, Harold Hamm, uh, basically, he recently got divorced, um, and he owed his wife about a billion dollars. He needed so, the money, so he uh, sold the company. I think he needed the money, uh, so he sold this company, his company, to uh, 
to Kinder Morgan for $3 billion, including the debt assumed. Wow. Ham and Bakken. Yeah, just sell my company for for the wife. Tough, uh, tough divorce. Jeez. Okay. Uh, next up, eBay announced earnings late yesterday, and if you thought 2014 was a tough year for the company, just wait until 2015. They announced they're cutting seven percent of their workforce this year. Earnings are going to come in below analyst expectations. But the real question for me, Jason, do I really care? <laughs> I mean, once PayPal is not a part of eBay. Is eBay a viable company? Would you own eBay without PayPal? I mean, it's definitely a viable company. I mean, if I'm, you know, I don't know that it's the most compelling business out there. I don't know that I'd be looking to it first. Uh, You know, when it comes to e commerce, I I generally lean towards Amazon first and foremost, just just because it's it's so much bigger. Uh, You know, Jeff Bezos is obviously doing everything he can to 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 own that space. Mm. I think that. I, I'm actually very interested in PayPal. I think that's a pretty compelling uh, oh, yeah. business there, and and it's certainly it's certainly what has has led the growth uh, engine. You know, it, it's 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 been the reason why eBay has grown uh, here over the over the past few years. I, I think that they're also talking about maybe selling off the the eBay Enterprise mm-hmm. segment as well, which sort of helps, I guess, uh, you know, businesses with their e-commerce operations. By far and away, the the, the least profitable of, of the three segments of the business and the marketplaces, uh, businesses is definitely viable and profitable. And, and and I just don't know though that it grows as well um, separate of of PayPal. So for me, you know, I think the real story here is is that when PayPal does ultimately spin off, I have to believe that's going to be the one that probably attracts mm. more interest. But uh, yeah, for now, like you know, I I wouldn't be really messing around with eBay either way. Brendan, Google changed their SEO algorithms earlier this year, and eBay lost eighty percent of its search engine or best search results. That can't be a good thing. What's your take on eBay? Are you buying eBay sans PayPal? Yeah, I think so. eBay is is in an excellent market. E-commerce has a huge huge runway to grow. Mm. Um, eBay is an established player. They have uh, sort of a good business model. They're very profitable. The marketplace business actually generated more than twice as much operating profit as the as the <coughs> PayPal business. It is still actually growing. But I think the challenge for eBay is they really need to do a better job of executing on their market opportunity, um, being more efficient, um, better software, just, just better execution. And I think being a standalone, leaner company, Will help the marketplace's business do a better job for investors, and I think you can see that right with the the, the layoff announcements. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to they they've realized that they need to cut force. Um, they need to be more efficient, and I think that they can better do that as an independent company. Okay, that's a lot more positive from both of you than I thought I was going to get, but that's all right. I like that. All right, uh, last but not least, Starbucks. We try to keep you know people happy, right? You know, right. Try to keep a smile on your face. As, Jason, I mean, I don't want you coming you in here being like, "Oh, you leaving your you know." Disappointed, oh, Jason. pissed off. And oh, stuff. you. Oh, oh, Jason. All right. Last but not least, Starbucks reports first quarter results uh, tomorrow, but there's no market fool around. No, today Friday. I think today actually. is this it later today. Yeah. Oh, well, we, either way, we can't talk about it this week. Why wait until next week? Let's speculate. Why not? You know what? Some baseless speculation. <laughs> That's what we do here at the Mar- uh, Motley Fool. Um, one <laughs> one stat that I was impressed by. So Starbucks reported an 11 percent year over year annual annual growth in their consolidated net revenue. For all of 2014, despite the fact that coffee prices, Arabica, Arabica coffee prices increased 100% in the same period, to still be generating 
that much revenue, despite the fact that your main product is, is so much more expensive than it was at the beginning of the year, man, Starbucks is a good company. Jason, are they going to repeat that in all of all 2015? Uh, I mean, that's you know, that's the that's the big question, right? I mean, I think that more than more than just the results that they come out with, I guess. Uh, you know the market's going to be focused more on how how the company is looking at uh, all of 2015. Mm-hmm. You know, and thinking about full year sort of expectations, and I think um, you know they do a really good job of locking in um, you know excellent costs on futures for coffee, and so so they're able to, to help you know sort of minimize the the lumpiness that that comes in with you know those commodity uh, commodity fluctuations. And because Starbucks is such a big company, I mean they they obviously. Uh, are going to be somewhat of a preferred uh, customer, but they're also doing a, a good job of taking a little bit more ownership in the supply chain as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's something that we'll see them continuing to do. Uh, you know, I've seen some some questions out there as to whether this holiday season was really, uh, you know, a robust oh, one. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, you know, I, I would look at if if you know the market's expectations for this quarter. I think are. are Somewhere in the neighborhood of about 15 percent uh, sales growth, and, and you know twelve and a half percent or so uh, growth on the earnings side, and that that is you know those those are pretty lofty expectations. And I'd say if there was any weakness and they missed those expectations, and the market if the market decides to sell the stock off because of that or because of of how the uh, company sees two thousand fifteen in general, mm-hmm. um, you know I'd certainly look at that as a potential uh, buying opportunity because I mean this, this is still a, a very relevant. Healthy, great business to to own for the for the long haul, and I, I think they're they're going to be tapping a new market in tea um, that that really we we have just begun to see, and and I think that's going to really play out here over the next you know five to ten ten years and beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, so if if they can ever you know get the food part right, I don't know, Brendan, you had a pretty good idea there. What was it? Oh yeah, uh, hot dogs. Hot dogs. Hot that's dogs. it. Yeah, yep. so, boiled hot dogs at Starbucks. I mean, Absolutely. hey, you use the same water for the tea, and it's just, oh, perfect. It's worked for Synergy. Costco yeah. for like years, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, like, who who doesn't want like a good hot dog to go with their coffee? Right? Absolutely. And, and uh, so, I you know, yeah, I mean, I think it'll it'll be interesting to see how the how the numbers come out. But I mean, this is this is you know, this is a great business to own mm-hmm. uh, for. I mean, it's essentially indefinitely. I mean, it's not one that. Uh, I see going anywhere anytime soon, and they do a good job of, uh, you know, rewarding shareholders, pay a dividend. I think that dividend will continue to grow. They do like their coffee. The three things, or the two things that I look for in Starbucks is one, just the international opportunity. So they have like twelve thousand stores in the U.S. with a population of three hundred twenty million. Think about China, which has one point six billion people, and I think they have sixteen hundred mm. restaurants, something India like that. India too, right? India. So I, I see that they could have. I don't know. Maybe they'll have a hundred thousand stores at some point. That's pretty amazing. Uh, but the growth is going to be not so much in the U.S. It's probably going to be overseas in terms of new stores. Then the other thing, I th- the other business which I think is really cool is the channel development business. So that's mm-hmm. like K Cups and Via and like Starbucks products and stores. It's a small part of their business, only like ten percent of revenue, mm-hmm. but it's definitely far and away their most profitable segments. Like. And almost a fifty percent pre-tax margin. So, those are the two things I see as growth opportunities: is international and then channel development. And then, um, I think the best place to get a hot dog if you're ever in Berkeley, California, Top Dog. 
Top dog. <laughs> Top dog. Top dog. I'm a, I'm a Gray's papaya kind of guy over in New York. I just oh, love yeah. me some good papaya, man. Like papaya King. Uh, Seinfeld, where they're going to the movies, and he wanted to get yeah, a Yeah, recession special, like $2 and a juice for like 4 bucks. And Easy. Oh, there's always a recession, even if the economy's doing well. Done. There was a place growing up where uh, I grew up in, in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, right over the bridge from Charleston. There was a place called Scoogies mm-hmm. that was uh, all about Chicago hot dogs. It was what pretty good, name. man. I mean, with a name like Scoogies, how could it not Scoogies. be? I have to believe it doesn't exist anymore, but it was many, many years ago, Mark. Sad. In Sad. a galaxy far, far away. Next time around, I'll, I'll look for Scoogies. And if right. you, anyone out there, has any better hot dog ideas, send them over to us at radio at fool.com. That's it for us today. Jason Moser, Brendan Matthew. Uh, guys, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you. As always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Ann Henry. I'm Mark Reef. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.